Kamala Harris compares January 6th to 9-11. Ashley Babbitt's mother speaks out, and Ted Cruz commits political suicide. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So the big story that kind of is heading up everything right now is actually from January 6th. So of course, yesterday was the anniversary of January 6th, and I mentioned on the previous show that you were going to have all the Democrats pretty much trying to make it out to be the worst thing ever. And of course, that's exactly what they did. They absolutely lied through their teeth the entire time to pretend as if January 6th was absolutely the worst thing to happen to the United States since 9-11. I kid you not. That's what they're running with so far. And so this whole thing really just wound up being a big clown show because it's absolutely ridiculous that anybody would believe what this is, what they're saying. It's very similar to the whole January 6th commission that took place uh, a couple of months ago because they're trying their hardest to make every, every situation in this make the, just making it out to be the worst thing ever. When once again, It wasn't at all bad, especially when you look at the facts behind the situation, which we're going to do. But first, we need to look at what they actually said, what they were doing, and all of these situations that have surrounded this entire situation. So let's go ahead and jump right into things with the first clip here. This is Kamala Harris, where she's doing exactly what we predicted and knew that she would probably do. And that's compare January 6th to 9-11. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Yeah, I'm not going to fall for any of this stuff. I don't think anybody really is. I mean, seriously, who in the world is like, where were you on January 6th? I mean, think about that. Nobody's going to be talking about any of that, by the way. Nobody cares. I mean, Americans are actually concerned about things that are more important, like, you know, the economy, gas prices, these ridiculous vaccine mandates and everything else. They don't care about January 6th. Nobody cares about that. It was a protest, for goodness sakes. We'll get into a little bit more about that. But the point is that she's lying and trying to make this out to be this this humongous event. I mean, just think about that for a second. 3,000 people died, two uh, massive towers falling, uh, uh, damage to the Pentagon, all of that stuff taking place on 9-11. And then she's comparing that to where, you know, the only person that actually died from the event was Ashley Babbitt, somebody that Democrats are ignoring. And that's why this is so important to pay attention to, because mainly they're going to focus entirely on 
the things that benefit them the most as far as it goes for who they're going to look at, specifically the police officers. They're going to be trying to commemorate them while ignoring other people that actually died as well. So that's why this whole thing is just a mix of political theater and they're trying to make it out to be this terrible event when it absolutely was not at all for anybody that was actually paying attention at all. So you have Pelosi, of course, she was blaming Trump supporters for the police officer's deaths. Now, this is very interesting because Pelosi doesn't even know what she's talking about. She is completely lost as uh, as far as to understanding what it is that actually took place on January 6th. They say this because they assume that people aren't going to pay attention to it, but of course we do because we're not stupid people. We know better and we know how to actually look at the sources and what's going on here. So here is Pelosi where she's basically trying to uh, give a moment of silence for the police officers, but there's one problem and I'll, and I'll let you know afterwards. I want to acknowledge our fallen heroes of that day. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Livingood, Metropolitan Officer Jeffrey Smith, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans of a later assault. Now I ask all members to rise for a moment of silence in their memory. Okay, and then that goes on for a little bit longer. So the problem that she's actually mentioning, first of all, none of those officers actually, uh, the, the first ones that she mentioned, actually died as a result of what took place on January 6th. All of them actually died due to circumstances not surrounding January 6th whatsoever, heart attacks, things like that, that had nothing to do with it. Some of them even died well after the fact from a totally different medical thing, and none of the autopsies that were done on any of the officers or any other people determined that they died as a result of things that took place on January 6th. But Democrats are so busy trying to blame Trump supporters for everything that they even lumped in a police officer that wasn't even at the January 6th situation. So the guy's name was actually uh, Billy Evans. And she kind of mentioned it. She was like, well, this one was a little bit later, but he was actually not even there at all. So he was the officer that actually was murdered by the guy named Noah Green, the 25 year old that rammed his car into the barrier at the Capitol. By the way, Noah Green black or really he was a he's kind of like this black nationalist type person but he was a part of the nation of islam a black guy none of the media wanted to cover it that was that story where pretty much you heard about it the first day and then it was just gone i mean it literally vanished because the second that they found out that the identity behind the person that that he was not white that story was stricken from the entire internet you didn't hear anything else about it and she's lumping that police officer in this so how is it nancy pelosi how is it that a Trump supporter or Trump supporters at large or whatever are responsible for the death of an officer that died at the hands of a black person that was a part of the nation of Islam? How are you connecting those dots? I'm confused. This is what they do. She's doing this because she's assuming most people aren't going to know. The people that are watching this are like, yeah, totally. <laughs> the more names we can list, even if they're completely unrelated, the better off we are. That's what the Democrats are trying to do. You can't fall for this stuff because you, you have to know better because at the end of the day, they're going to lie anyways. They're, they assume that you're you're dumb, that you're not paying attention, that you don't remember the names of these certain officers, and they just keep listing them off to try and pretend as if it's all a part of January 6th. No, it's not. That's, that's like an officer you know dying at, at the Capitol for unrelated reasons or something uh, six months later, and yet she's bringing up the name because she thinks it's just related to January 6th, assuming that you're not going to look it up at all. So we can't go along with those types of narratives whatsoever, but rest assured they're going to always try to do that. 
And one of the silly things, and really why I was kind of allu- or saying in the title of this show that it's like a clown show, is because it really kind of was. I mean, so they actually have uh, this this group that was supposed to be doing this Broadway musical, effectively. So it's actually from the Broadway uh, Hamilton. And they had the cast members sing, even though they're singing like remote, they, they had them singing this thing from the musical. I have no idea how this is related, but this is something that totally happened at that uh, with Nancy Pelosi. Someday. Doja, what to say to you? You have my eyes, you have your mother's name. When you came into the world, you cried, and it broke my heart. I'm dedicating every day to you. Domestic life was never quite my style. When you smile, you knock me out, I fall apart And I thought I was so smart You will come of age with our young nation Okay, so I don't know what the point of this was The The point of the Broadway, I have no idea I have no idea why she decided to play this I mean, even the words I think somebody was mentioning That this particular number is about somebody honoring their child Or something like that What does that have to do with January 6th? I'm I'm legitimately curious about that. What does this have to do with what took place on January 6th at all? Is this like free advertising for this Broadway musical? I have no idea. So it's it seems like they're just taking this opportunity to do some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And, and it's all orchestrated by these Democrats, by Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, you name it. All of them are involved in this ridiculous show. It's just absolutely insane that they're allowed to get away with this type of stuff. So we need to keep in mind, though, too that there are a lot of things that took place before January 6th, something that Democrats don't want to pay attention to. They're so busy focused on what took place on January 6th that they're ignoring how much took place the year before that, in 2020, during the BLM riots. Let's take a second to look at just the numbers here. By the way, the riots were a very long-spanning period of time. A lot of people don't think about that. They think like BLM had like one riot or something. There were actually 275 or more riots from BLM during the summer of love and all the rest of that stuff that was going on in Seattle. I mean, this was happening firsthand in our country in many different places all over the all over the, the country. And yet. You have Democrats pretending like that never took place, like none of this stuff ever happened, and we're just going to move on. That's basically what Democrats are doing right now. But we have to pay attention to what actually took place. I believe it was $8 billion was the amount of damage that BLM had done in one span of that summer to different different capital seat, different buildings, uh, different businesses, black-owned businesses, you name it. People were getting this stuff just absolutely burned down. Think about Officer David Dorn that was killed in the action by a BLM supporter. This is a perfect example of black-on-black crime right there. And Democrats don't care about that guy. They don't care about any of this stuff that actually took place. They're making it seem as if January 6th was the first time a protest ever took place. But it isn't the first time at all. So there's something that we have to kind of look at here, and that's quite honestly, um, for well, first there's a there's a clip of them basically trying to make this out to be like this this massive thing where all of these people died. Once again, that's not true. Here's them, uh, some people standing outside of the Capitol building 
holding a candlelight vigil. And you have the people outside with the on the steps of the Capitol building with these candles, and it's supposed to be the solemn thing. But honestly, it's just a joke. I mean, it's honestly comical seeing this because what are they holding a candlelight vigil for, guys? The only person that actually died as a result of what took place on January 6th is Ashley Babbitt, the one name that Pelosi, Kamala Harris, and no Democrats willing to actually mention. But Let's keep in mind that the left, this isn't the first time that they've rioted. We know that the BLM riots took place. We know that Antifa riots took place all, all the time uh, during that summer and, and onwards and around that uh, for the sake of these ridiculous situations like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor that were perpetrated by lies from Democrats as well. We know that those, those things took place. We know that a lot of businesses were harmed as a result of that, but... A lot of Democrats are basically saying, well, you know what? This this was an attack. It's different because January 6th was an attack on the Capitol, our, the, the, the kind of picturesque portion of our government, right? That's what they're saying. Well, Democrats actually did the same thing. Many of them just forgot or didn't know. Here's Democrats, Antifa, BLM, by the way, okay, rioting at the Capitol in May 2020. So you see people getting pushed. Uh, I mean, the people are pushing back on the officers. They're throwing things. This is all of the Capitol. Yeah, police officers in riot gear. So, so there you have it right there. I mean, they're at the literal Capitol, rioting, protesting, whatever you want to call it, pushing back on police officers. The, the police officers have the riot gear, the shields, everything. And Democrats are acting like January 6th was the first time there was a protest at the Capitol. It's unbelievable. And here's another one, uh, also from that same period of time, where you actually had a bunch of Antifa members beat up a Secret Service member. He wound up being injured. Uh, here's a report on that. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. It appears as though at least a couple yeah. of Secret Service officers, one of them just got hurt. You can see him walking back there clutching his head. Um, and we don't know whether that was bricks or firecrackers or what happened. We weren't mm -hmm. able to see what happened. He's not one of the ones wearing the riot shields. But uh, as this gets later into the evening, uh, we can imagine that the tolerance for officers uh, getting hurt out here uh, and where this crosses from a peaceful yet vocal protest, which is what it was earlier and perhaps unruly, uh, to actually violent. Uh, if it hasn't been crossed, it's about to be crossed right now. And you can see this running. Uh, we've still got a couple of Secret Service riot police here, but that, now they've fanned out. And it's pretty incredible how much of this bicycle barricade that, as we showed you, is reinforced with handcuffs, padlocks, bicycle locks have been broken down, Shannon. Okay. Um, Leland. So so there you have it right there. You literally see them injuring police officers, um, Secret Service, you name it, 
This all happened at the Capitol in May 2020. None, no Democrats are talking about this, by the way. No, no Republicans had this massive, the May 2020 commission. We didn't need to have all this. We didn't need to go back and say, you know what, look at all of this stuff that took place at the Capitol and let, let's sit here and pretend and mourn about what took place. That's, But that's what the Democrats are doing. They don't like police officers. That was the summer, literally just two years ago, where every Democrat hated police officers to their utmost ability because of the lies that they believed in about the the situation surrounding BLM and everything else. That was what was taking place. So police officers were fair game. You could do whatever you wanted to a police officer and no one cared. Democrats were not there to fight for them. They were the ones pushing defund the police. They were the ones that were uh, just right alongside the far left, demonizing anybody that was in uniform. That was what was happening at that time. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that Nancy Pelosi's holding a moment of silence for police officers. Hmm. Come on. Like nobody's going to fall for this stuff. That's why I'm saying once again, it's a clown show. It's an absolute joke that they think anybody would actually fall for this stuff and go along with their narrative and thinking that what they're saying is true or that they are true believers in any of it. They don't like police officers. Nothing has changed. They've always been on the side that's disagreed with everything police officers do. They don't care when they die. It's it's obvious from just watching the clips and knowing what happened. So save those clips for future reference because I'm sure they will come in handy. This is not the first time that there have been uh, that there's been a protest at the Capitol. The difference is. In those clips, you notice that the police officers are, you know, holding the protesters back, right? Who knows what they do if they let them in the Capitol like, you know, they did on January 6th. <laughs> Just some things to kind of think about, right? Food for thought. So, Ashley Babbitt's mother actually spoke out about this. You had Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was alongside her, basically getting her uh, her thoughts and opinions on what was happening. You remember Ashley Babbitt, of course, the woman, really the only person that actually died as a result of January 6th. Here's a little bit of... Ashley Babbitt's mother talking about the situation surrounding January 6th. I would like to say that this was a protest, not an insurrection, and the mainstream media needs to stop pushing that narrative forward. And it, at this point, that should be a libelous comment. My daughter was a proud American patriot. She served this country her whole adult life. She um, loved God, loved America, loved her family, and came to um, D.C. to hear Donald Trump speak about you know, a stolen election. She felt like that was her last time to hear him speak. Little did we know that'd be her last time to hear anybody speak after she was murdered by a careless, reckless Capitol Police officer, Michael Byrd, who should have been fired two years ago for leaving his loaded weapon in a public restroom. I feel like the Capitol Police need to change the way they do things. They operate with impunity, which I did not know until my daughter was publicly executed. I think that most of America does not know that the Capitol Police Department works under it with impunity. They're not subject to FOIA. They're not subject to transparency. They are another arm of uh, Congress and they don't answer to an external review like every other police department in this country. My daughter was an amazing, energetic, independent, powerful woman. And I miss her every day. And I'm here because Americans do have the right to protest. It's your right as an American citizen to protest. I would also like to say to Nancy Pelosi, this is not your public, this is not your playhouse and it is not your private domain. The, the surveillance cameras were put up to capture what happened that day. The American people have a right to see the 14,000 hours of footage. It's not her personal footage. It, this is America, this is America, you're not the queen, Nancy Pelosi. This is America's 14,000 hours of missing footage. We have a right to see it. That was the purpose of the cameras. We have political prisoners in jail in America 
not in some third world country. We have political prisoners to this day in solitary confinement being denied the due process that they fought, most of them veterans fought for their right to be in this country to, to exercise their First Amendment and the right to protest. And they are being denied the rights that they fought for for this country as they sit in the Washington DC jail being denied due process. All right, so a lot of truth there, and obviously sad situation, of course, because to me, and I think for anybody with any common sense, that's how we should actually remember January 6th, is remembering Ashley Babbitt, remembering what actually took place with that. Not these ridiculous phony police officers that weren't even the ones that were even really involved in what was going on there. They, they were this, once again, they weren't even really, uh, none of them died as a result of these specific events on January 6th, things that were always outside of that if anything, but we have to look at what actually took place. And when you're talking about people that actually got shot, it was actually Babbitt, unarmed woman. How does that work? How does that work? Um, none of the people that have even, or that are held as political prisoners, as her mother was talking about there, have been charged with anything dealing with terrorism or anything like that, okay? So it, when you look at the facts surrounding the situation, a lot of lies of the lies are taking place right now amongst the mainstream media, the circle of Democrats, you name it. Now, surprisingly, there was one person that decided that it was their opportunity to basically say how they really felt about January 6th. And this came as a big surprise to me. And I think for a lot of people as well. So this is actually dealing with Ted Cruz. He had a few comments to make about January 6th. And let's just say uh, it's not going to work so well for him. Here's what he said solemn anniversary this week uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage incredible bravery uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this capitol we are grateful for that courage we appreciate uh, the selfless sacrifice uh, of the men and women who, who keep us safe all right, so he's calling January 6th a violent terrorist attack, okay? Ted Cruz pretty much just screwed himself, to be honest with you, because I don't know what else there is to what he's thinking. I don't know why he did what he, or why he said what he said specifically there, but this is not going to play well for him whatsoever. I was somewhat surprised to hear him say this. Now, I've heard him allude to the, some things like this before, but this was one of the most blatant upfront him saying it like he actually feels that it is. And I know Ted Cruz to not be somebody that kind of minces words and messes around with things. He's always been pretty straightforward with exactly how he feels about things. So this is a very interesting thing that took place for him to be saying this. And honestly, if there's any chance that he had of, of, of running for president in 2024, it's gone. I mean, this statement right there pretty much uh, killed his entire political career to be honest with you, if, if we're looking at the facts around the situation. And so much so that Tucker Carlson ran an entire segment on that. Definitely go check that out. But he also wound up the next day having Ted Cruz on to talk about it. And to be honest with you, I actually loved how uh, Tucker handled this. Because he called Ted Cruz out exactly the way that he should be. Check it out here. You called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because 
the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was frankly dumb. And, I don't and buy that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I don't well, buy that. For, look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase. I do not believe that you use that accidentally. I just don't. It's so tough. All right. And of course, I'm right in line with Tucker on this. I mean, I don't think he meant it accidentally either. Because Ted Cruz has always been so good with his just just saying exactly what it is that he needs to say. Like, I don't feel like he misspoke or any of that. I think he said it on purpose. And the real question comes up to ask ourselves, why would he do this? Who does he kind of benefit? Who benefits from this? How does he benefit from this? You would think he would be a lot smarter than trying to say this. What is it that he knows or is involved with that is allowing for him to make a ridiculous statement that he knows is ridiculous, that he should know just by, based on common sense would basically cost him his entire political career? What is it about that or what is he getting from this that's actually benefiting him and who is giving him these benefits? Whatever the situation is, I don't know. Maybe it's the establishment Democrats. I have no idea what's going on with this specifically, but obviously this is a bad sign. There's no way he's going to have a chance running in 2024, or at least getting nominated at all. There's no way I'd be surprised if he even maintains his current political position right now in the Senate, because people are going to see this and they're going to be like, Hey, you know, why are you mentioning this type of stuff? This is the reason why you're going to have Texas basically turning blue not too long from now because of People like Ted Cruz going soft on certain issues and aligning directly with Democrats. It doesn't make sense. It's almost like he's ignoring all of this stuff. I mean, I've showed you the clips right there from 2020 from Democrats doing the exact same thing. Where, where is that at? What, what is going on right now? Nobody was calling that a terrorist attack. So you, you see him saying this stuff. But I actually found a clip of him kind of alluding to the same type of language from 2020. So check this out. We've heard lots of Democratic members of this this body speaking in high dungeon about the terrorist attack that all of us experienced on January 6th of this year. So he called it a terrorist attack there too. So that is not like that was the first time he's done it. It's just this one was very clear and very straightforward about it. Now, the, the key thing to know about all of this is that you will not hear most shows, most conservative shows bring this point up because Ted Cruz is a friend of them. So for example, although generally speaking, I don't have anything against Daily Wire as far as them being just a site, I can assure you that Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh, none of them are going to talk and tell you about what Ted Cruz did. They're not going to say it because they're in good terms with him, right? So they're not going to report on his messaging being bad in this way and it not making any sense and him calling it and it being ridiculous because they're too buddy-buddy with him anyways. And that goes for many other shows also. But here, I don't care who it is. If they make a stupid statement, I'm going to point it out and call it stupid because it is. It's ridiculous. And people need to be aware of this so that we know who Ted Cruz is. Because if he goes off and he does something else and, and, and everybody's wondering, how did that wind up happening? Well, maybe it started here. Maybe it started back in 2020 when he already made statements like this, and now it's gotten worse just very recently. So what's next, right? The point is that we need to be aware of what our political leaders are doing, because especially on the Republican side, because that's what's actually important to the future of Texas and other states and et cetera. So there's all of that we have to take into consideration. So switching to a bit of a different story, 
the CDC has been changing their messaging this entire time around the vaccines. We know that this has happened so long and so often. And now you actually have them changing the messaging of what it means to be fully vaccinated. So this is a new thing that they're talking about right now where they, they put out the statement and they, they said that they're advising that, that people keep their COVID-19 vaccination status up to date. Okay. A change from the CDC's former recommendation that people be fully vaccinated with either two shots of the Pfizer shot or, or the Moderna vaccine. So the new up to date standard, that's what they're calling it. Not no longer fully vaccinated. Now they're doing this because up to date could mean anything. It, it loosens the rules. It basically means, Hey, as long as there is a new shot to get, you must get it. That, that means that you're up to date. There's no, there will no longer be a such thing as fully vaccinated. We've seen them do this before. They changed the definition of vaccine in case you didn't know because they needed to fit all of this stuff into what things were and changed by through COVID. That's what this was always, uh, always about. So th the point is that this isn't anything new because at the end of the day, we knew that there were always going to be tons of boosters, tons of new shots and new COVID pills and this and that and everything else they're looking at releasing. But ultimately, they're trying to change this so that they can indefinitely move things forward all the time, that there's no cap, there's no uh, you're, you're done getting boosters and things like that. There's no ending status. It's just a constant uh, up-to-date thing. It's kind of like your phone. You're, or if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, you get periodic updates every once in a while. And what you wind up with is where they say, hey, you need to keep updating it, keep updating it, keep updating it, right? There, or, or just not even just the software, maybe even just the phone itself. There's always a new phone on the horizon right around the corner. So they say you update your phone, update your phone. And then you keep getting the Galaxy 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, you know, and then it keeps adding up. That's kind of how this is, where there's always a new, a newer thing to go get. And simply being behind on your updates means that you are no longer up to date. So that's how they're trying to change the messaging around that entirely. Now, what a, an interesting report, now, and I'm really curious to see what comes of this, is that a judge actually gives the FDA just eight months to produce um, Pfizer's safety data. So apparently they have some, but they haven't released any of it so far to anybody. So the FDA is now ordered to produce the documents it relied on to license the COVID-19 vaccine. So, and, and they're saying at a rate of 55,000 pages a month. So that's a lot of data, okay? Now, the thing is, is that they are, I guess they were required before just to produce the documents at a minimum rate of 500 pages a month. Um, and now they're actually ordering them to do a lot more. And the reason behind this is probably so that we can actually have real documentation of what the FDA is using to validate these vaccines, things that they have not done so far. Remember, a lot of corners were cut. If you, if you ever heard of somebody making a product and you're like, man, they, they cut a lot of corners to get to the end result. That's exactly what happened with these vaccines. Okay, there's no, there's no magic way of making this happen. The fact is, is that the fastest vaccine we've ever had in, in production took it took 12 years to get through the FDA or to even get approved for general use. So you see this happen now where in just a few months, all of a sudden it's FDA approved so fast. All of these younger people so quickly, right? There's a reason why corners were cut to make sure that it could get done. When the FDA does that, Pfizer, Moderna, they make a ton of money. So keep an eye on this. I'm curious to see them release these pages. Maybe these would be made public. That's what they're basically alluding to. Um, is that the data should be made um, made public quickly because the FDA took just 108 days to review the data before granting 
um, the COVID vaccine full approval. So the idea is that they're they're cutting these corners. And it's best that we know what's actually happening, what's in these, what data are they basing these off of, so that we can better make our determinations. I can, I can assure you there's probably a very good reason why they weren't releasing all of that data to begin with. So we'll keep an eye on that. I'll let you know. So an interesting story kind of cropped up here where Whoopi Goldberg, uh, on The View, of course, she tested positive for COVID. Now, like everybody else on The View, she's fully vaccinated, fully boosted, up to date, as the CDC now wants to call it. But she says she was shocked. She was shocked that she got COVID. So we're going to watch a little bit of this segment of The View where they had her in or on the show remotely, of course, because they're crazy. But they had her on remotely talking about her experience getting this supposed Omicron, Omicron variant. On Monday... A few keen-eyed viewers noticed that I am not Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know how that happened. And we also told you that Whoopi tested positive for coronavirus over the break and is in quarantine. But good news, she's here today to tell us exactly what's happening and when she'll be rejoining the table. There she is. Hey. There's that girl. (laughs) I love your shirt. Fabulous. Thank so, you. <laughs> uh, tell us, tell us what, what what happened to you. What happened exactly? And when did you realize you had the uh, the Rona? Well, you know, I, I left uh, a couple weeks ago, just before the break, because uh, somebody I had been around tested positive for coronavirus, so I left. So I've been gone a long time, I feel, and I was all excited and and. Uh, you know, they have to test us. And so they sent people to test me and uh, they tested me. And it was like, oh, no, you're not you're not coming back. <laughs> We're not sending anybody to your house. You have Corona. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? It was a, it was a shock because, you know, I'm triple vaxxed. Uh, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't done anything. But that's the that's the thing about the Omicron. You just don't know where it is. You don't know where it is. Who's got it? Who's passing it? So, you know, it's one of those things where you think I've done everything I was supposed to do. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't stop Omicron. And that's the problem with a variant because. No, see, and, and I'm pausing it here because that's a problem with the vaccine, right? Look at how they're blaming the, the, these people are so into their own craziness that they're actually blaming the the variant for all of this. I mean, it's like it's the variant that that's the problem. That's the problem with this variant. Hey, how about those vaccines that they forced you to get to keep your job, right? How, what? Why are you doing this if it didn't matter anyways? Why are you blaming the variant when you should be blaming the people that are forcing you to do this? This is how Democrats think. There's their logic is backwards. It literally is backwards. They are so focused on what's what the the other issues, the things that are are, are innate in all of this. Basically, they're looking at the virus and saying, "How dare you, COVID variant? How dare that happen?" But they won't say, "How dare the vaccine not do what they promised it would do?" Because if they're promising it's going to do something, that's why they forced you to get it. They don't get that. They're so busy trying to look elsewhere that they have to blame the variant itself. How long can you keep blaming a variant? I don't know. We'll see. It gets stronger and does different stuff to you. So, you know, unless everybody gets vaccinated, this is what we're going to be facing. Okay, so your solution to all of this is, well, you know, since I totally got this variant, even though I was 
vaccinated, triple vax, like she said, up to date, whatever you want to call it. That means that if everybody was vaccinated, that I wouldn't have gotten the variant. How, do, how does that make sense? Guys, how does that make sense? In, in what world is it that you can, that you feel like, hey, I did everything I was supposed to do. And unless everybody else does what they're supposed to do, my whatever things I did aren't going to work. This is the exact logic behind the whole, you better wear your seatbelt because if you're not wearing your seatbelt, then mine doesn't work all of a sudden. Like, wait, hey, what? Where are you pulling this logic from? Guys, everyone getting vaccinated is never going to happen anywhere. Even if 100%, the impossible number of people in the United States got vaccinated, all it would take is one person from Africa, from China, from the UK to come over to the United States that happens to have a variant and boom, it would be there. People don't understand that. There's no way to get rid of it. Or else, don't you think we would have gotten rid of the flu by now? And a lot of people took the flu vaccine. It doesn't go away just because you want it to. For the next, uh, you know, know, little while. I know. So that's what happened. You know, the thing about you, what well, the thing with you is that we were particularly concerned about you because uh, you had a serious pneumonia, um, pneumonia bout. Uh, when was it? Just a couple of years ago. Years and that ago, was a yeah. life-threatening disease that you, yeah. So, I mean, that's why we were worried about you. Were you worried about that at all or not? Um, no, because, you know, I, I just, I just feel like you can only do what you can do. And whatever your body decides it's going to do is what you have to roll with. And then, of course, there's everybody has protocols because <laughs> the CDC has protocols and ABC has protocols and CBS has pro- everybody's got a protocol and none of them uh, are convenient in your own mind. But the truth of the matter is they're really important because you don't want to walk in with this to anybody. You don't want to like a little piece of it in your body. You don't you don't want it. So you got to stay home. And, you know, I have no complaints. I have a very nice house. Uh, and, of course, my, my fam is here. And they've all here. been, you know, hiding in their rooms as well. I'm, my doors are closed. I'm not allowed to leave this p- specific area. Uh, and every now and then I just want to kick the door open. And that's what I do. I just pee the door open a little bit. And then some, someone comes out of nowhere and goes, close the door. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay. So I do, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it could have been much, 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 much worse, I'm sure. And it wasn't. And I'm really lucky. And I'm really, really glad that everyone is, you know, now testing negative. I'm the only one left who is still positive. Mm. Of course you are. <laughs> well, Whoopi, yeah. you know, um, it's good to see you because I think you look great. Um, but as you Thank know, you. With, with the extremely um, contagious Omicron variant, as you mentioned, the unvaccinated still make up a disproportionate share of the sickest COVID patients. And yeah. those needing treatment in the ICU are disproportionately the unvaccinated yet again. Now, she's saying this, but that's actually a lie. That's not true. Now, she's saying this because she's just feeling like saying it. I was actually just reporting on this in the last episode with the actual stats from a local hospital here that had been previously posting a bunch of numbers basically showing that the unvaccinated were the majority of the people that were being hospitalized. But the thing is, is that they stopped posting them for about three months straight and then just recently posted one maybe a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago in December. 
So the point is, is that a lot of these places are just not reporting when they even have more vaccinated in the hospital. By the way, they don't consider you to be vaccinated unless you've had the vaccine at least 14 days prior. So if you had the vaccine and 10 days into or after getting the vaccine, you wind up getting COVID, you are considered as unvaccinated. Just just keeping things in mind, how they're how they're tabulating these numbers when they do. But they are not telling you the truth. Most people now that are coming down with with uh, Omicron are in fact vaccinated. People that are being hospitalized are in fact vaccinated. Keep in mind that if more people were vaccinated, they would still be in the hospital. Those have not reduced any numbers. If that was the case, why in the world is it that Florida is doing exceptionally well with COVID versus the other places in the United States? Also, keep in mind, hospitalizations aren't always a situation of death. We They, they pretend like every single one of these things is equally just as bad. Democrats do the exact same thing they were doing when uh, when Trump was president because they were basically saying, okay, well, it, deaths are the worst thing now. Okay, cases are the worst thing now. Whatever they could point to. Now they say, oh, well, hospitalizations. We're going to focus on that. Guys, if they're not dying, does it matter? Because that's you, you, they, they don't want to point that out. They don't want to actually show what's going on. And yeah. you were you know, boosted and vaccinated, and probably that is why you were doing so well. So what would you say to those who still aren't vaccinated? Well, you know, you can you can say it to you blue in the face and the, the idea is that you have to keep saying it because I don't know how much more proof people need to see that the vaccination, while it does not necessarily stop it from happening again, it is not happening at the same rate that it was happening. Wait, wait, happening? How, what, what, what is she talking about? See, this is how they get you in a lot of these shows. What is she saying is happening? Is, is it the, the deaths, the hospitalizations, the, the actual cases? Because they're not doing anything. Like, let, let's be, all we have to do is just look at the numbers to tell you that. This is a woman that had all the vaccinations because she was forced to do so to keep her job, okay, and still got Omicron and still has to quarantine, still has to stay away from people, so what what exactly is the point? There are absolutely people that have died being vaccinated and everything. There was a guy in Australia just recently that died fully vaccinated from the vaccines. I think it was some uh, sports player of some sort, maybe baseball, I can't remember. But this is happening to a lot of people. So them saying this doesn't change the facts on the ground. Where people are just, you know... They're dying because there, there was no vaccination. So if you can get vaccinated, you know, the, the kids are all vaccinated now in my house, the grandkids and the great grandkid is vaccinated. You know, it's really do yourself a favor. I mean, sure, it, it sounds like a good idea, like you want to be home. But remember how much fetching everybody was doing when they said, oh, we got to get out of our house. We got to go outside. Well, this is what happens when people don't band together. We, some of us end up having to go back in, you know, I know Sonny got it. I know, you know, people, I don't know anybody that doesn't know somebody who's got it or has just gotten over it. That is not a good sign. And this. Actually, it is a good sign because what that, we said this from the very beginning. Uh, I was one of the, one of the first people in the beginning talking about this, basically saying, you know what, every, the COVID is not a case of. If you're going to get COVID, it's a case of when you're going to get COVID. Everybody's going to get it. And the problem is that the vaccines simply are telling your immune system, hey, look, we're going to tell you how to fight against this one thing, the, the specific way that it is. So whenever there is a variant, it, there isn't 
you're still going to wind up getting COVID regardless. You still can have the same issues. You can still die from it regardless. So then we, we don't have any percentages of people that are specifically dying from unvaccinated, from too vaccinated. All we can tell is that everybody's going to get it anyways. It doesn't matter. And listening to her talk about this kind of shows you the delusion that these people are under because she's basically saying, you know, well, we, we're doing we're living the same way we were living two or a year ago with no vaccine. That's what she's literally telling us right now in this video is that remember when we were when it was 15 days to slow the spread? Remember that? And now we're at day 605 of slow the spread. I mean. We're still doing the same thing. We're still requiring everybody to wear a mask. We're still requiring everybody to get a vaccine. And she's still quarantining in a house full of vaccinated people because she knows that she they can all still get coronavirus. So the point is, why are we playing this game and pretending as if all of this has gotten better? It hasn't. So this is another situation. I'm not going to play the rest of this because it kind of goes on forever. But you get the idea. This is the, the people on The View and their delusions to kind of give you an idea of what they think. They think that just by spewing these ideas that all of a sudden they are somehow better than you are that that being by being vaccinated they're doing better they're ignoring the data they're ignoring everything that's available to us if anybody is is actually looking at the data they can say okay you know what i'm going to make my own decision i shouldn't be forced to do this you shouldn't be forcing somebody to do things regardless of the, the safety of that of that product or the, the safety of the medication, you shouldn't be forcing this to happen when you don't even know the full information about it, the safety data, as I was mentioning earlier. There's just a lot of things that are, that are kind of unknowns. Some And the things that we do know aren't giving us any confidence in this whole vaccine at all either. So last story for the day, this is actually uh, liberals of TikTok. I haven't done one of those in a little bit. And it's this woman talking about uh, basically her multiple personalities. Check it out here. Hi, my name is Lana, and I'm probably going to be answering the majority of the questions we get today, so yeah. So we did an alter count, I think, a day or two ago, and we have 271 alters at this point. And the second part of the question, it depends on what you mean by active. If you mean people who are not dormant, that is all 271. 271 is not including our dormant alters. No idea how many dormant alters we actually have. I'd have to ask like a gatekeeper or something. But if you mean people who front regularly, that'd be about probably like 40 or 50 of us. Because we have a lot of people, obviously, who just like don't front that often. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. All right. So I'm sure you're absolutely confused because I know I was too and I heard this. I have no idea uh, most of what she's talking about. I actually had to look some of this up because everything is changing so much in this whole woke thing. By the way, um, obviously, if you're listening to this on the audio, you don't see what she looks like, but... Um, I named this episode basically talking about the January 6th clown show. So at the end, of course, it's fitting for me to literally show you a clown. So that's kind of what that looks like there. But what she's actually talking about is dissociative identity disorder. So it's actually kind of like schizophrenia in a way, but not where they, these people basically claim to have multiple personalities. It is absolutely a mental disorder. It is in the medical journal as being a mental disorder. And it is something that people would normally seek treatment for. But I'm assuming that the people that are in here are probably going to change that to something else. I think that's what she means by alters. I think it's a maybe a, a new name for that because they don't want anything to have disorder in it. Because disorder makes things seem like there's something wrong. And that's not very woke of them and not very inclusive of them. So they want to add these in and say, you know what? We are people that are just embracing who we are. This is the first step in basically moving from 
obviously things that were mental illnesses, like just being trans anyways, the whole idea of just their own identity disorder, but now moving to things that could be as far as schizophrenia. And Shapiro would always joke about this and say, you know, you don't tell your schizophrenic father or something that, you know, that, that, uh, bunny in the basement's real or something, right? Like that you don't do that because that doesn't help treat them. But these people are absolutely on their way to being do to doing that, changing the names of these literal mental disorders in order to fit into the no woke agendas and add more letters to their little alphabet group. That's basically what's happening here. So tell me what you think about that one, but very weird looking person, very weird looking situation there. And, uh, but we'll have to move on from there. So with that being said, that's all I have for you on this episode. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Make sure that you, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Also leave a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast on as it does help the show out. But with that being said, I will see you on the next one.